Hey Kingfish, you were talking about green sleeves the other day. Uh, I'm probably not going to do uh, green sleeves because it's it's kind of like the stairway to heaven of early music, if you know what I mean. Um, but check this out. So the version you're used to hearing, uh, it's this one. Alright, but there were two versions back then. The other version was the one that was actually the most popular and it, it was the same notes but different rhythm. It went like this. So uh, the original was in 3-4 time, this one's in 4-4 four, four time. And it's got a little more swing to it, don't you think? Because it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. Party like it's twelve ninety nine. Oh, you know what? I had no idea. I guess you know. To tell you the truth, I don't think I'm sophisticated enough in my music listening to really tell the you know to to like when you do the numbers the four three two that doesn't mean anything to me. I'm not very musical at all. I just I listen to something and I either just like it or I don't like it. And I got to tell you, bro. Everything that you put out, Mandolin Minute, I like. All right, there's something about. I'm, I'm partially, I'm really partial to the 12-string acoustical guitar, because a friend of mine just rips at it when we were kids. Yeah, that's all we do is we sit around, get high as motherfuckers, and then he'd play the 12-string. That's, I'm sorry, but that's what we did. But I don't do that anymore because I drive a truck and I'm responsible now. But, the um. The, the mandolin, which I never really listened to much other than I'd hear recordings there once in a while. I'm just digging the the, the the sweet sound of it. It's like a sweet kind of sound. And I just love everything you put out I love, dude. You have not put out one thing yet that I haven't liked. You know, but I also like a harpsichord too. We need to get a harpsichord guy on here. You don't know any harpsichord guys, do you? And we can get you guys together. Oh, man, that would be awesome. Seriously, whatever you're putting up, I'm listening to. So thank you so much for that call-in, man. I really like that. Yeah, so the first time I saw that sculpture, diving under it, I had no idea what it was. I was like, it's just pointy things, pointy things, and it's like awesome looking. And it was changing colors at the time. It does that a lot. Yeah, I was like, cut, cut my eye right, the corner of my eye, and I'm like, oh no, are those, are those police lights reflecting off that structure? <laughs> oh no, I don't think police lights are that color. Nope, or that one, or that one. <laughs> but then I realized, oh wow, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I see you from time to time on my way to work. Whenever I have to head up that way. But hey, I'm glad I, I was able to share something you could enjoy. Take care, man. Oh, Abe, I truly do appreciate it because, you know, I go up and down the same roads for the most part all the time. And sometimes I get on a road I've been on it a long time. But what surprised me was I was only. I don't even think I was four miles from it ever. And I used to go down straight down to 40 all the time. 
And I was like, what's he talking about? And then when we saw that it was 2012, we're like, oh, shit. So I literally, you know, I was within, like, two or three miles, whatever whatever the Kilpatrick is, to the, to the pedestrian bridge. So I just skirted this thing for years and had no idea it was there. I brought it up to a friend of mine who drives, and I said, dude, you got to go check this thing out. And he's like, oh, yeah, I saw that last week. I had to go, uh, he had to go downtown for something. I forget what it was. He, oh, no, the 44 was shut down. So he, And he doesn't like to take the Kilpatrick because when you cross that one bridge, it's got that washboard, that kind of feeling. So what happened was he went downtown, and then the, the road up to the 44 was shut. So he ran, ran over to the 35, or it was a 235, and then he shot up. And he's like, yeah, yeah, he goes, what the hell was that? Like it's a pedestrian bridge, man, and it's like an art art thing. So he just saw it a couple of weeks ago, and he, you know, he's another one of those guys, like me, that it's like, you know, if he sees something new over the road, you know, he's all into it. So anyway, man, I just want to say thanks again because, you know, I literally I've been skirting by this thing for years and had no idea it was there, and I highly suggest everybody go check it out. Or probably the best place to look at it would probably be on YouTube. Because if you look at it on YouTube, Sky was it Skydance Pedestrian Bridge, Oklahoma City. If you look it up on YouTube, then it, you can probably see some vids of it changing colors. That'll look a lot better than a static photo. But, yeah, when I went underneath it, it was just constant red. It hadn't changed colors. But still, I, uh, I like the fact that it changes colors because it, it changes the whole thing. You know, it changes the mood of the thing. You know, I really like that. For the most part, I like outdoor sculptures like that. The only one I don't really care for is the one at the uh, uh, Iowa-Nebraska state line. That one, on each corner of the overpass, there's this huge monstrosity. And you're coming in from Nebraska, and you look at this thing, and it's like, what the hell? It's like all each corner's got this big, you know, like this welded-up thing with a bunch of spikes at the top of it. I don't know, it kind of says like, hey, welcome to Iowa, or stick your head on a, on a spike. You know, it's, it's, it's just got a weird thing to it. You know, you, you know, it's right there in Council Bluffs. Just look up Council Bluffs Outdoor Art on Google, and you guys will see what I'm talking about. It'll probably pop up. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. They have a couple of statues downtown that are really cool, but that one's really freaky. Another place that does a real good job is, like I said, Albuquerque, and then uh, Lovelock, Nevada. They got a, they, every town's got their thing. Lovelock, Nevada. I stopped, walked about a couple miles over where the where the, the city hall is. The city hall has this chain, you know, that goes around, you know, to stop you from going into the. It's like a fenced area or whatever. Anyway, what Lovelock, Lovelock is famous for is you take a padlock and you lock it on to this thing and it's supposed to symbolize locking your love in and there are literally thousands of locks there it's well worth checking out you know it's well worth checking out. it's pretty cool I like the symbolism if I ever drive through there with the wife I'm definitely stopping it it's a small little town you can go inside the courthouse you can actually buy a lock from the city and go do it yourself if you want to there's every kind of padlock you can imagine there. See, I love that 
I love that I self identity thing. I I just dig it. You know. Of course, I I never tried to pick any of the locks because I I love the symbolism. You know, I believe in symbolism. Oh, by the way, I can pick locks. I think they're puzzles. I'm not very good at it, but I can do it. You give me if you give me ten, up to ten minutes, I can pick a lock. I haven't done it for a while. Sometimes I can do it in ten to fifteen seconds. Sometimes it takes me a couple minutes, but I can do it. Hey, Kingfish, that bumper came to me. This kind of like, like a bolt from the blue, I guess. <laughs> Whatever you, that expression is, um, just out of the blue. I'm, I'm actually cut, cutting the fat off. What you, I guess you guys call Canadian bacon. Um, to bake it in my toaster oven and as I'm doing that I'm listening to you and your segments and I'm just so I'm so into it man <laughs> I'm just like really into your groove right now and I'm thinking about you and your lifestyle and like the stories that you're collecting and like I just feel myself like opening up and um, you know as I'm slowing down uh, with you on your station and um, yeah I really appreciate it and I know a lot of other people do too so I just thought I'd make you a bumper I hope you liked it bye oh my god like it absolutely not love it yes definitely I absolutely love it what I did was I made a yeah, I don't know how to manage this stuff better but I made a special, I'm making a special day just for bumpers. I got yours, and I got Jeremiah's in there, and it's just awesome. If anybody else wants to do anything like this, believe me, I would love it. Because I think I sound too monotone, and you guys really just break me up. You know, it, it makes it so much more fun. Canadian bacon, let me tell you a story about Canadian bacon, Lulu. I was up in Canada, and I ordered breakfast. And I thought to myself, this is years ago, I thought to myself, yeah, these guys are probably going to have really good Canadian bacon. I mean, we are in Canada. And I ordered the Canadian bacon, and I got it, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And she goes, that's the Canadian bacon. And I'm like, really? It, it was real some skimpy stuff. The breakfast was not as good as I thought it would be. And I'm like, uh, I said, you know, I, I said, you know, you named your country after the bacon. You think you guys would have a little more pride in your Canadian bacon? Is this really the best you can do? What's going on here? And she's like, well, that's just the way it is. It's, and I'm like, oh. I said, I don't think I've ever been so disappointed in another culture in my entire life. Thank you very much. I didn't mean it meanly, but I was just, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, but it certainly wasn't some skimpy, uh, shriveled pieces of meat that didn't even look hardly like anything that they should. I don't know. But I'm having fun here in Anchor. And the reason why I'm having fun is because I get to listen to all the creative people such as yourself. And I get to spout off and vent and have a good time and I do live a lifestyle that's very unique for most people because of what I do 
for a living. And I think I do pretty good at it, you know. But the truth is, I would not be able to do this if I didn't have the support of my wife. Without her, I wouldn't be able to do this. Or it would be pretty pathetic, actually. You know, kind of lonely. But because of her, I know that even though I'm away from home, I have a home. That's really what it comes down to. Oh, there's one of our trucks on the shoulder. I should have stopped. Shit, I should have stopped. It's zero degrees. Damn it. I should have stopped. I didn't know that was one of ours. Anyway. I... You know, I have a home. And because I have a home, it makes it possible for me to do what I do. Because it gives me something to look forward to. Even I don't spend as much time there as I wish. It's... You know, it's something. I think that's really what it comes down to. You know, that's what gets me through the day. Knowing that when I get done with this week, I have a place to go. And I have a wife, and I have two kids that care... Or cats. Sorry, I said kids. I meant cats. Yeah, they're kids. You might as well call them kids. But I have two cats. You know... That's what I got. So, but anyway, just keep, please, just keep producing stuff. I love your stuff. Sometimes I fall behind because there's so much to listen to, but, and some of it, I, I'll, you know, some of it I don't get, but the stuff I do get, it's just gold. And quite honestly, Lula. Uh, if it wasn't for you, I probably wouldn't have stayed with this channel. Because you were the first person that I listened to on here. Because I got into this, didn't know anything about it. You favorited me without knowing me. And then I started listening to you. And you're the one who got me into this. So thanks. Hey guys. It is zero degrees. Fahrenheit. Seriously, it is zero degrees Fahrenheit. And I am... Where am I? Geneseo, Illinois. It's probably the closest town. G-E-N-E-S-S-E. Geneseo. Yeah. J-E-N... Gen... E-S-S-E-O. Something like that. It's Geneseo, Illinois. Anyway... It's zero degrees. Oh, it's two degrees. It just popped up to two. Ooh. Now it's back to zero. It's zero degrees, basically. And it feels like pain. It's very... It, 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 when you get into this kind of cold weather, it just sucks. So, I didn't realize that was one of our trucks back there. I should have stopped for him. I hope he's got heat. But there's a truck stop close by. They'll get service out to them pretty quick. There's nothing worse than being broke down out here and it being cold. Especially, he's a day cab, so he wouldn't have a lot of the stuff I have. I'm a sleeper cab. 
Day cabs, they do all the local stuff. You know, within 500 miles of the terminal, that's local. Uh, sleeper guys, we go across the country. Sleeper guy got sleeping bag and crawling too. He's got extra clothing. He's got a lot more junk he carries with him because he's gone for a week at a time. Day cab guys, they're out for the day and then they come back. Me, I'm a sleeper guy. I've been doing sleepers for 22 years. Very few people do what I do. And even fewer do it as long as I've been doing it. There are quite a few people with double digit, you know, 10, 15, 16 years of doing it on and off. I've been a sleeper driver for 22 years. Most people who do what I do don't last six months. Uh, they get scared, they get up in the mountains, whatever. Uh, get homesick, shit like that. Very few people do what I do. And even fewer people stick with it. When you have a truck driver school, you might have 20, 20 recruits. 19 of those people will be gone within six months. Because they can't hack it. Or they're worried about a loved one messing around or something like that. It's just stupid stuff. Some of, but very few of us last as long as I have. I honestly don't know of one driver who has as much sleeper experience as I do. At this company. There, there may be somebody, but I have no idea who they are. I don't think... I don't think... Honestly, I don't think anybody does. I know that sounds crazy, and I don't say that as a point of pride, because... Quite honestly, I've missed a lot of holidays, birthdays, special events. But the way it works is, if I miss a holiday, then we have the holiday when I get home. Everybody celebrates it when I'm not there. That's fine. But when I get home, my wife makes a big deal to make sure that, you know, like if I'm late for Thanksgiving, she'll make sure I have a Thanksgiving meal or, you know, stuff like that. Or if, if I even get late for Christmas, I've been late for Christmas a couple times. Or if you know, like anniversaries or holidays. We celebrate those things when I get home. And, you know, that's what that's what makes it possible for me to do what I do. That kind of support. You know, and I'm, and I'm thinking about this, not just because it's Valentine's Day. Like, my wife should be like, oh, it's Valentine's Day. It's a special day. No, every day is a special day. I don't think Valentine's Day or birthdays or holidays or any special than any other day. I honestly believe that every day is special. Every day. Every single day is special. And whether it's a good day or a bad day, it doesn't matter. It's a day. Every day is special. That's what I think. And some days we have good days, and sometimes we have bad days. And that's okay, because we're human. That's what I think. But I'm not cluttered by anything because I'm in the middle of nowhere. Oh, I've hit five minutes. Hi, Kingfish. I couldn't find in my episodes where I put Eek the Mega, but the first reading that I did, I've just put up as a post with a link through to SoundCloud. So I'll put the link in here too. Feel free to publish it to your station if you like, because you do have to, or you can go to my station and click through the link on the latest article. Thank you.
Oh, absolutely. I'm going to check it out tomorrow. I'm on my way to Denver right now. So I shall be in Denver. Ah, stupid GPS is broken. How many miles do I have to go? I have about 900 miles to go to Denver, if I'm not mistaken. So I'll be there in about 18 hours. So I'll probably sit in Denver for six or eight hours. So I'm going to look it up tomorrow because I'll be switching out here pretty soon. And that'll give me something to do tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you so much for sending me the link. I really appreciate that. I hope you guys had a great pizza party. And say goodnight to Fiona for me. All right? And, oh, and it's uh, zero degrees Fahrenheit here. Zero degrees. I suspect it's warmer there. <laughs> A lot warmer. <laughs> okay. I am currently on the 280 in Illinois. I am just about to cross the bridge. I'm getting on the bridge as we speak. I'm going east westbound. I am now on the bridge on the 280. The 280 will run into the 80. We are now over the top of the Mississippi River, the mighty Mississippi River, the badass mighty Mississippi River. We are over the top of it. We are over the top of the Mississippi right now. How badass is that? It's like zero degrees. I bet you that they can see ice charm. Man, that water must be, well, it's literally freezing. It is so cold out there. All right, now we are, okay, wait for it. Wait for it. Are you ready? I know it just doesn't get more exciting than this. Boom. Wait, no, not yet. Wait for it. Wait for it. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Bam. There it is. We are now in Iowa. We just crossed the Mississippi River on the 280, the greatest river in the world. Just ask Mark Twain, Samuel Clemens. We are now in Iowa. Let the corn festivals begin. Okay. It's got super windy. Still cold as hell. Just went by the Iowa 80 truck stop where I won second place in the strongman competition a few years ago. God, that was like five, six, seven years ago. Pulled the truck up the hill. Second place. Every time I talk to Sean, Sean's on here, but he doesn't post much. Every time I talk to Sean, I, I'll drive by here and say, hey. He said, where are you? I'm like, I can't do his accent. He's from Arkansas. He, uh, he'll say, well, every time I try to do a southern accent, it just sounds stupid. I can't do it justice. Anyway, and he's not a stupid guy, so I hate to do that. But anyway, I drive by here, and he's like, where are you at? I go, I'm passing the Iowa 80 truck stop, world's largest truck stop in the world, where I won second place in the uh, strongman competition, which is uh, always kind of funny, because always, he always goes, ah, blah, blah, there, because he's like a weightlifter kind of guy, and he got like, uh, oh, I don't know, like 12 or 13 place or something like that that day. He was, <laughs> he had never lived that down. 
So now, like Turner's out by where yet, Turner? Uh, where King or where Kingfish got the second place in the Strongman Cup, and it's like now Sean's just like, ah, whatever, you fuck you guys. <laughs> uh, if you can't rib your friends, who can you rib, right? Expand your mind on the open road with Kingfish right here on Anchor FM. Okay. Sean asked me to repeat this story. I talked to him on the phone earlier, and it's something that happened to me in the Army. But it's very... How to say it? People can easily get offended by this story if they don't understand the context of it. So I'll do my best to explain. It may sound a little racist, but it's not. It's just something that happened. So, if you can't handle a, a little cursing and some graphic language and some craziness, because it is a true story, then I'm, I'm very hesitant to even tell it, because it might be taken wrong. But I can assure you, it's not meant that way. It's just something that, that really happened. And whether I say it or don't say it, it doesn't matter because it did happen. So if you don't think you can handle it, then please just skip the next story. If you, if you do echo it, I don't mind if you do. But if you do, please you know, let people know that this is not a racial thing. It's just a thing. It's just that race played a slight part in it, per se. But not, not in a bad way, but more just in a descriptive way, just describing people. All right. So it's not like bad. So, all right. So if any, if you have, if anybody's offended by this, contact me directly, and I'll try to explain exactly what I'm talking about. Or if you have any concerns, you know, believe me, just yell at me directly. I can take it. But I'm gonna go ahead and just say it anyway. So here's the story the next segment. Alright. I'm about to tell you something that I was... It really truly did happen. And I was debating on whether to say it or not because it could easily be misunderstood because it's such an insane thing that happened and it's all true. I'll use race in this clip but it's not to degrade anybody or anything like that. It's just a descriptive. And it's a little bit of misunderstanding of cultural norms, especially the South, for my, from me. This happened when I was 17. I'm going to go into it. i got to go fast because i only got four minutes left. When I was 17 years old, I joined the Army. I got stationed at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. The first week that I was there, they had a barracks inspection. I was standing by my wall locker. Two guys walked into my room, and they saw a picture of my family on the and the wall locker. Uh, there were two black guys. Okay, this it's only important for this reason. I said, one of them said, "Is that your family?" I said, "Yeah, that's my family." And they said, "Is that your sister?" I said, "Yeah, that's my sister." And I said, one of them said, uh, "Oh, does she date black guys?" And I said, "Well, no, she doesn't really date anybody. She's like 15." Yeah, you know, she wasn't really dating anybody. They took it as 
this guy took it as a, a no, she doesn't date black guys thing. And he got really pissed off. He misunderstood me. She, I don't care if she dates. So anyway, he goes to lift his fist back like he's going to punch me in the face, right? At exactly that moment, a lightning bolt came crashing through the room. It hit outside the room, actually, but it splintered off, and the splinter hit the wall locker on the other side of the room. The entire room turned kind of greenish blue, and it got really... I mean, like the hair on the back of your neck, what little hair we had stood up. It was the freakiest thing I have ever seen in my life. The whole room, and everything everything got super quiet. And without missing a beat, it, of course, there was the thunder, of course. that Right after the thunder, without missing a beat, I said, don't make me do that shit again. As a joke, okay? As a joke, you know. These guys ran out of the room. And I honestly didn't think anything of it. I just thought it was funny. Because I didn't, you know, I wasn't mad. Why would I be mad? So what happened was, and I was a scrawny 17-year-old. So I didn't think anything of it. So the next day, I'm in the chow hall. And I'm on the outside of the wall. And I'm waiting in line. And I still had that basic training uh, AIT school mentality of standard straight, look forward, and all that nonsense. So I'm passing by this table, and it was these four guys sitting at the table. And, it, and you could hear people, but you don't really listen. And what I heard was, it was four black guys, what I heard was, yeah, I done heard a, a white voodoo motherfucker pulled lightning down on the brothers over at Alpha Company. And I thought, oh, shit, they're talking about the thing. That's funny. I was going to say, I started to say something. And then I heard, of, the next comment I heard was, we might have to take that motherfucker out. And then I stared straight forward and didn't say a word. I was like, oh, shit. And that's when I realized down south, not all of down south, of course, but, you know, like North Carolina, places like that, that people are very superstitious and they have a culture that I did not understand. I came from Los Angeles. We really didn't have much of a culture of anything and I didn't understand uh, uh, prejudice type stuff until I lived in North Carolina because in Los Angeles everybody's from everywhere. You know, my friends were from all over the world. So it never dawned on me that that would be a thing. I just thought that was something in the books. That's when I learned what prejudice was and racism and how things are perceived and how people misunderstand things. I did not understand until I lived there. So that's my story. And it really happens. This big old storm brewing, not brewing, it's like kind of just, it's just doing. And I was thinking, oh, it's really cool. Where am I in my bed? I can uh, see the sky. So as you probably know, because you actually listen, you listen to my stuff. I just, just you, I forget. I don't know. You just have to know what people listen to. But yeah, I'm, uh, the sky's being lit up with lightning. It's cool.
and I was thinking of interludes. What you need is some interludes. And, uh, yeah, like, he could do a lot of... If he wanted to, he could get some submissions for interludes, like, um... Keep on trucking. Or back the truck up. Or, um... Yeah, I didn't give a truck. Oh, that was a big bolt of lightning. That sounds like it's really coming down. Yeah, I really like the lightning. Especially, hold on, I gotta change lanes here. Especially at night. What's going on here? Oh, plow, plow trucks? Why are there so many plow trucks right here? Three of them. That's not a good sign. It's gonna get, I see, four, five plow trucks. All at the edge of the county. That's very peculiar. Why are they not spread out? Anyway. Yeah, I enjoyed the lightning. You know, there's quite a few times... Well, except for that time when it came into my room. Uh, another time... I was on the back of a generator set switching over 3KW generators... And the lightning came down, and I fell backwards. And I landed on the exhaust pipe of the 3KW generator, and it was really hot. Then I had an oil rag in my pocket, the cargo pants. Yeah, the army pants. And what happened was, the lightning was, oh, it was probably like 50 feet away. Yeah, I don't think it was, it, I mean, it was, you know, it was shocking, literally shocking. But it didn't hit me or anything. It just made my hair stand up again. So I finished what I was doing, and I ran back inside the shelter because I worked. Uh, I was a radio operator at a shelter, and it kind of scared me a little bit. So I took the metal chair and I took all the metal stuff that was kind of laying around. I threw it outside, and I sat on this rubber mat on the floor of the rig, the radio rig, because it was a small rig in the back of a gamma goat. That was the name of my truck, a Gamma Goat. It was a six-wheel drive all-terrain vehicle. Ah. Anyway, so I sat cross-legged on the floor. And I just listened to the rain, watched the lightning outside. And then I smelled something burning. I was all calm, too, finally. And then I smelled something burning. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Well, what it was is, and then I felt it. What it was, it was my pants. My pants caught on fire. The oil rag that was in my pocket hit the exhaust of the generator set, which got the rag smoldering. And in my excitement to get out of the out of the rain and the lightning, I didn't notice that it was smoldering. It's just very little. So I jumped up, and now i got to put my stupid pants out. It, it wasn't like a big blaze or anything. It was just smoldering. And I was smoking pretty bad. <laughs> 
it burned my pants almost, you know, almost all the way through. I could feel the heat, but it didn't burn me. So I took my canteen and dumped it on my pants and put the fire out. I just thought, you know, this is really pathetic. So my pants caught on fire from falling backwards, from being scared by lightning in a, in a thunderstorm in North Carolina. At the time, I didn't think it was that funny. Well, you know what? I guess I did think it was that funny. It's hilarious now. But it was a beautiful night. That was one thing I liked about my job when I was in the service. I would get put on these desolate locations because I was a radio operator and left alone for you know a week or two at a time. I always volunteered. I was an in terminal because I was one of the better operators, but you know, I'd op- I'd volunteer for a repeater location. And a repeater location, you would just sit on top of a hilltop for, you know, two, three weeks at a time by yourself. Every couple of days they'd bring you, you know, water, food, whatever it was you needed. I just thought that was heaven. You know, sitting in the middle of nowhere top of a hill just hearing nature you know it was just ideal it was just an ideal situation for me I loved it you know we were always short on people so I just sit up there middle of nowhere so I love the rain hear the rain love the crack of the lightning Love the lightning. The only time I don't like the lightning is when I'm if I'm driving too much into it. Especially at night. The lightning can be so bright that you lose your night vision. Sometimes it's kind of annoying. So you just kind of just deal with it, go with it. But seeing the lightning in the distance... I haven't seen a good lightning show in probably a few months. But during the summer... You'll see some lightning shows across the Midwest, Iowa, Nebraska, places like that that are just just stunning because the lightning will crack across the sky. And I have the best view for it. I'm just literally right there. I have the best view, and it's just amazing. I just love nature. You know, growing up in Los Angeles... I really didn't get to experience the rain too much because it very rarely rained. So we really didn't get that much lightning. So when I see it now, I just marvel at it. I remember once when I was a kid, trying to remember, maybe 15, 16. I know it was before I joined the Army. My mom had a Walkman. So I took my mom's Walkman and I took my favorite Doors tape and I put the the hoodie on and I went walking in the rain and just walking in the rain, listening to the Walkman. I thought it was the greatest thing in the world because we don't get a lot of rain or we didn't where I live then, Pasadena.
California. I just remember just marveling at that, just just tripping on it, just walking in the rain, listening to the tunes, cassette tapes, just thinking, wow, this is just amazing. How is it, you know, how is it that I can listen to this music on this cassette tape as I'm walking in the rain? I couldn't have done that, you know, just a few years earlier. I just thought it was the most amazing thing. I love that Walkman. It's hard to believe I have it all on an iPod now. You know, in some ways, I kind of like the the Walkman better. You know? I miss the Walkman. The limitations of a cassette tape. In some ways, they kind of ground you. Of course, keep in mind, I also like 8-track cassette tapes. Ka-chunk! When they change tracks, they made that ka-chunk sound. I miss that. 8-tracks. I think in the 66 Mustang, I'm going to put an 8-track player. If I can figure out how to make it look right. i got to find some 8-tracks. You know, some old cassettes, 8-track tapes. Ah, this, I wonder... I don't even know where to look for them. Maybe yard sales. Who knows? I haven't seen the things in years. They were pretty much indestructible unless you left them on the dash and they got hot. Then you could screw them up. But, yeah. That Walkman walking in the rain. You know, it's funny. That was a long time ago. I'm 51 now. I think I'm 51. That would have been 1982, 83. So that was a while ago, 82, 83, 15 or 16 years old, walking in the rain. It's amazing the things that stick out to you, the things you remember. Craziest weather thing that ever happened to me was I was inside a tornado in the truck. And that was not pleasant. But nobody got hurt. It was just scary as hell, hell. But it was pretty hilarious. Afterwards. And now. But not then. Oh, no, not then. In fact, I'll be driving through that area tonight. It was just wet, uh, just east of Aurora, Nebraska. Probably like four or five, six years ago, something like that. I don't remember when. Oh, looks like my time's up. Enjoy the rain. Okay. I'm in a sleeper. I'm going to do quote in a day in a few minutes. I drove to Des Moines. It's like 15 degrees or something. Warmed up a little bit once the sun came up. It's pretty cold out. Not a lot of snow on the sides. Quite a few cars in the ditch, probably from the last couple of days. Iowa has this thing where they don't allow you to tow the cars until the snow emergency has been lifted. So they'll literally just be dozens, if not hundreds of cars in the ditch and trucks. Um, I changed my profile photo again. This is an older photo, and I put it up because of the Olympics. I'm a huge fan of uh, short track speed skating. I love speed skating. It's just amazing. So anyway, so I put up something from an event I went to. And, uh, well, just look at the photo. You'll see what I'm talking about. 
this big old stone brewing not brewing it's like kind of just it's just doing and I was thinking oh it's really cool where I lie in my bed I can uh, see the sky so as you probably know because you actually listen, you listen to my stuff I just just you I forget I don't know you just have to know what people listen to but yeah I'm, uh, the sky's being lit up with lightning it's cool and I was thinking of interludes. What you need is some interludes. And, uh, yeah, like, you could do a lot of... If you wanted to, you could get some submissions for interludes. Like, um, keep on trucking. Or back the truck up. Or, um, yeah, I didn't give a truck. Oh, that was a big bolt of lightning. Well, happy birthday, Brad Phillips. I hope you have a beautiful day. Kingfish, I love the new logo. I mean, you know what's funny? You went from the Impala to the... You went from a fast car to a fast... Uh, one of the fastest uh, male uh, speed skaters in the world, Paul Ono and Shawnee Davis. Incredible. Anyway, great photo, man. I know we've been talking privately. A little Olympic spirit action. I love it. Keep up the great work. Yeah, that was a great day, man. I just wish that I would have recorded it. Those guys were so cool. You know, I talked to, you know, like one-on-one -on -one with Apollo for, oh, God, it was probably about an hour. He was waiting for them to, I don't know, for a bus or something. But, uh, nice kid, you know. I just wish I would have recorded it. It was a great conversation. Very genuine. It seemed like just, it was an awesome day. That was really cool. And then when I showed that photo to my wife, she kind of freaked out. <laughs> she couldn't believe what I did. It was pretty funny. Because what I did was... I walked onto the ice. And the security guard thought I was a press guy. And I just sat down in front of the podium and watch the award ceremony from like two feet in, you know, in front of the podium in front of the news crews and cameras it was pretty funny I'm lucky I didn't get arrested uh, happy birthday Brad Phillips of American Luck I hope you're having a wonderful day and Brad go meet a girl that isn't your cousin and dance and have a good time you deserve it buddy Ah, I can't sleep, so let's do quote of the day. Here we go. Are you ready? I think this is a good one. We always admire the other fella more after we have tried to do his job. We always admire the other fellow more after we have tried to do his job. William C. Feather. Yeah, I'd say that's mostly true. I say some people might be jealous sometimes, but after you've walked a man, you know, a mile in a man's shoes, it's easier to understand where he's coming from. So we always admire the other fellow, fellow <laughs> more than I, more after we have tried to do his job. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of you know. I'll take example my job. 
a lot of people think it's just driving and it's pretty easy, but then once they start doing it, they just about crap themselves when they realize what's going, what you got to deal with on a daily basis. And most people don't stick with it. And the being away from home thing kind of drives them crazy. So I would say for the most part, that is true. We always admire the other feller, fellow, I keep saying fella, fellow more after we have tried to do this job. Yes, William C. Feather? Absolutely. I'm going to have to look up William C. Feather. I have no idea who he is. Anyway, I hope you guys are having a great day. This big old stone brewing. Not brewing, it's like kind of just, it's just doing. And I was thinking, oh, it's really cool. Where am I in my bed? I can uh, see the sky, so as you probably know, because you actually listen, you listen to my stuff. I just just you, I forget. I don't know. You just have to know what people listen to. But yeah, I'm, uh, the sky's being lit up with lightning. It's cool. And I was thinking of interludes. What you need is some interludes. And uh, yeah, like you could do a lot of. If you wanted to, you could get some submissions for interludes like, um, keep on trucking, or back the truck up, or, um, yeah, I didn't give a truck. Oh, that was a big bolt of lightning. <laughs> you know, I really like this idea about interludes. I'm going to work on it. This is going to be fun. Of course. It's nice to hear their voices on here. That's what makes it so nice, the whole thing. But if anybody does a segment, please, nothing about positivity. Because there's enough enough of that out there. I wanna take I wanna take the day on one one moment at a time. And whatever happens, happens, and if I feel bad, I feel bad. If I feel good, I feel good. And I'm not going to search for positivity. I'm just going to let it happen naturally. So, that's the way I look at it. And, you know, hey, you guys. If you're out there and you're, you know, feeling a little down. Or you're just not, you know, yourself for the day. Don't worry about it. It's just the way it is. You can't force something. And nobody can tell you how to feel. Just, you know what's right for you. Just go for it. That's all I got. Good night. Okay, I'm gonna, in the comments, I'm gonna put a copy to a link of a video we did I think it was last year or the year before. Anyway, my little nephew is holding the camera most of the time, and and uh, the song is a friend of mine, and it, oh, it's awesome. Um, I don't know. Watch it. Maybe you like it. Maybe you won't. It's a good times. So I'm so tired. I gotta try to go to sleep. All right. I got one more thing I gotta respond to, and then I'm going to bed. 
Talking Fish. It's your girl, Sister Legs, here from Positive Spread Podcast. Um, I'm calling in because I was listening to your segment about car shows and um, how your family is just full of classic cars and knowledgeable about this stuff. So um, I was calling because my fiance and I actually work for an organization. It's called Bikers Against Drunk Drivers, or BAD. And um, we're, they, what they do is they uh, raffle off tickets so that it, uh, Daytona Bike Week, they, um, this year on St. Patrick's Day, they will be uh, raffling off a 34 Ford Coupe or a 1950 Chevy with a matching Harley. And um, I noticed you saying that there were a bunch of car shows in your area and I was really hoping we could um, pick your brain because that would be awesome if we can kind of take our organization out there to spread the mandate about bikers against drunk drivers. What do you say? Hit me back. Thanks. Hey, um, I don't know what my schedule is yet for the summer, so I don't know what days or what shows I'll be going to, but there is an app that I use to tell me which shows are going on and where they're at. It's called Showfinder. I'll see if I can put the link in the in the comments. But I mean if there's any way I can help, I mean I'll put let it you know, if we go to the show or whatever, I'll put literature on the car or, or you know, because I have no problem with the you know, the anti drunk driving thing. I, trust me. Uh, anti drunk driving is kind of you know, fighting the drunk drivers is kind of important to me. I certainly see enough of them. Four times in the last, uh, well, in the last 20 years, four times, I've seen people go the wrong way in the interstate past me. Yeah, I'm in a slow lane there in a fast lane going the wrong way in the interstate. You want to talk about scary. So, yeah, any way I can help with the, with the anti-drunk driving thing, I'm all for it. But like I said, uh, I never know when I'm going to go or where I'm going to go. Because I don't know what my days off will be. But uh, I would gladly, like, you know, leave literature on the... You know, like, yeah, I can put it in a car seat or something. Or, you know, whatever you got. I'm all for it. Hey, Kingfish. Calling in about Geneseo. You know, I played in Geneseo, Illinois. Not last winter. Was it last winter? Yeah, it was last winter. So I played there. And apparently, the residents, the first residents of Geneseo, Illinois, were residents of Geneseo, New York first. And they had moved away to start a new town. So basically, it's just Geneseo Jr. in Illinois. (laughs) Little fun fact of trivia there. Okay. No, I didn't know that. I go to Geneseo. I go through Geneseo like twice, once a week. Well, twice a week. Once on the way out, once on the way back. Then I go to Denver. That's pretty hilarious. And to make even more coincidences crazy, my sidekick, Doug, my research assistant, just told me that he used to deliver to the Geneseo Tops grocery, grocery store. Right, Doug? The Geneseo Tops grocery store chain. Chain, right? Yeah, uh, is that still is that still in operation? Oh, he doesn't know if it's still in operation. Probably. So anyway, if you ever, Jeremiah, if you ever went to the Topps grocery store in Geneseo, 
odds are pretty good that something that you took home was in Doug's truck. So I know that sounds crazy, but it's absolutely true. Something that was in Doug's truck is probably in your parents' house today or was in your parents' house at one time. That's pretty pretty bizarre when you think about it. So, uh, so you were in Geneseo last winter, but yet you didn't stop by. Very shocking. Very shocking. But you know what? That all comes down to what a small world. Kingfish, hey, it's Maria. And I haven't talked to you in a while. I wanted to let you know that I've been having some record with friends things lately. And I have been turning them into episodes because I think they're worth saving. One was with KT and one was with Positive Vibes. Today, earlier today, I had a conversation with Louis Vassal in the UK. And we were talking about really heavy stuff, racial discrimination and the, and the like. Martin Luther King, Hitler, using our voices to affect change in this world. There is ugly stuff happening. But I really think we can change the world. I think we can make a, the world a better place. So if you are driving along the highway and you feel like listening... There is a half-hour conversation there. I am going to turn it into an episode, so don't worry if you can't get over here. And don't worry if you can never hear it. I just wanted to invite you. Kingfish KT here. We're showcasing some love all this week on the KT station. I call it the KT Love Fest week, paying it forward. Keep doing keep doing amazing work out here at the core of the day. Publishing call-ins, making things happen. Appreciate you. Also, real quick... Every kiss begins with KT. Always remember that. It's not K, it's KT. I'm joking on that last part. <laughs> Had to throw it in there. But uh, just thank you so much for all you do out here, King. Just paying it forward. Appreciate you. Keep rock and roll. Oh, Maria. I heard the, the, the Kevin Touch interview. I loved it. Um, next time you got to let him talk, though. <laughs> Oh, that was fantastic. Oh, that was great. I loved it. I was dying on that one. That was a good that was a good one. I like that. Uh, you guys, uh, Maria's got a lot of content she's worth listening to. I say go check her out. Kevin Touch? Kevin Touch is always worth listening to. If you wanna especially if you if you need someone to tell you what's going on in this app. If you need someone who's going to give you some advice, you know, Kevin Touch is the man to talk to. You know, he cares about this stuff. He's a, he's a nice kid. Doesn't pick up his Legos. Hides a lot of shit from his mom. But that's okay. He's a good kid overall. You know? And he's also one of those kind of guys that, you know, I bounce ideas off of him all the time. There's a few people I bounce ideas off of. I bounce off Craig, Jeremiah Craig, and I bounce off KT. Because it's always good to to get an idea of things. KT, he's he's got the I don't know. It's just really good to bounce ideas off him because you throw something at him, he's gonna think about it. And if it's something you're not ready to release yet, he'll keep it private. And two. He also, 
will think about what you're saying. You know, and I like that. And he'll give you an answer that's based upon what he thinks is best for you and what's honest, not what's best for him. I think he's very, you know, he's very neutral that way with his advice. And I'm like 51 years old, and I'm taking advice from an 18-year-old kid. And you know what? It's worth it because he knows and he thinks about this stuff. Sometimes he'll even come back a day or two later and talk to me about it. It's well worth it. You know, I bounce just about every idea I have off of him. Because I know I'm going to get good, honest feedback. And that's what I like. You know, so if you have any questions at all, he's a good kid. Pick up your Legos, Kevin. Oh, and he drives a cool-ass Toyota Corolla. So if you see an 18-year-old kid talking into his iPhone, crunched down in the seat, cruising downtown around the college, trying to pick up on some ladies in a vintage 2008, I think it's 2008 Corolla. That's my boy, KT. Okay, I'm going to give you guys a quick update because I'm not going to be on here too much tonight because I'm going to be in Nebraska in a little bit and I'm going to lose the signal. And before I lose the signal, i got to catch up on some of you guys' stuff. So here's the deal. We got to Denver. We left Denver. Now we're headed to Chicago. We had to wait about an hour for the load. They had two heavy trailers, so they had to, they couldn't put them together because it would have put us over gross 80,000 pounds. So we waited for a light one. Luckily, they got showers there at that terminal. Now I'm on the 76, headed east, uh, somewhere between Brush and Hudson, Colorado. It's currently 38 degrees, and we're headed home. So you know what that means. Six days on the road. So I may post later, but I don't know. It's hard to say because I really want to. I want to catch everything before the 24-hour mark hits. So I'm going to go listen to you guys' stuff. So I'll be back later. Keeping that hammer down all across the nation. Checking cities off his list. Sharing stories of the road right here on his station. You are listening to the Kingfish. Yes, you've tuned in to the Kingfish Radio Network. Mm. Expand your mind on the open road with Kingfish, right here on Anchor FM. Okay, before I lose the signal, I want to tell you guys what happened in that profile photo. Shit, the scale's going up. Maybe it's close. Anyway, here's what happened. 2002, they were having the Olympic trials in Milwaukee at the Pettit Center. They did it this year, too, but by the time I found out about it, the tickets were already sold out, so I couldn't go. And it was... Oh, I wanted to go so bad because I love short track speed skating. So anyway, 
I noticed that the security guard over by the that was opening and closing the door for the press was flirting with this chick. And I thought, oh, this is heaven. So I walked over to that security guard and I opened my jacket. And I, what it did was I had hung my work badge around my neck so it looked like a work, like a press pass. I opened my jacket real quick, one side, closed it real quick. He opened the gate for the ice and I walked right out on the ice. It was just before the word ceremony. I wanted a better seat. The place was packed and I could hardly get a place to a good place to watch everything. So what I did was I walked out onto the ice and the reporters had all their big cameras and all their crap in front of the podium. I took my jacket off, set it down on the ice, and sat down in front of all the reporters. So I was literally you know, for the for the 2002 Olympic speed uh, trials, uh, skating trials, I was sitting directly in front of the podium. I had the best seat ever, and I I watched all the awards and took some photos and and uh, just I was just amazed. So anyway, nobody knows who I am. So afterwards, they're all kind of milling around, and I thought, well, I already made it this far. Might as well go all the way with this. And I wanted to talk to Bonnie Blair as she was there, but she had already left. You know, she left while I was talking to Apollo Ono. And then I started talking to Apollo Ono, and because I know, I used to deliver, and he lived in Kent, Washington. I think it was Kent, Washington. He's from Kent, Washington. So I said, oh, yeah, I've been to Kent, Washington. I was just there last week. And I was. And he's like, really? And I think he was kind of surprised by this. And so, because I surprised him he started talking a nice guy i mean these guys were exhausted because they had just been doing this thing all day you know for the whole week and it was the last day so what happened was i talked to him for a little bit and then the rest of the guys were standing there and i said is there any way i could get a group photo and they're like yeah yeah and so we're lined up like there and we took a photo so the phone rang. So we, we took the group photo, and if you look at the group photo, you got Shawnee Davis holding up his fist, and then you got Apollo Ono there. Just I mean, just Ono's the nicest guy. Shawnee Davis, I thought he was okay. I, you know, he's from Chicago. I told him, I said, hey, man, I'm rooting for you. I work out of Chicago. You're a Chicago guy. I'm really rooting for you. And he was, you know, he was appreciative. But with Davis, Ono's more personable. At least he was there. And Davis is more... He thinks about speed skating all the time. He is dedicated to his sport. He is... You know, he's one of those guys that if you would have... You know, if you would have went into football or baseball or something like that, he'd be like one of your top players ever. I mean, he is completely dedicated to what he's doing. I have deep respect for that. And for them to take the photo like that was just shocking to me. I mean, I was like, fuck, I can't believe I'm getting away with this. And then, you know, I talked to Ono for about an hour. He's a nice guy. I wish I would have recorded all this stuff. So anyway, as we're leaving, oh yeah, four of the fastest men on ice, or three of the fastest men on ice are taking a photo. And I can't remember the kid who took the photo. He's like the fourth fat, you know, he's like, he's like in that group. And as we were taking the photo... I said, hey, do you think anybody's going to be able to figure out which one of us is the chubby truck driver? And they all just started busting out laughing, and that's why in the photo it looks like they're all smiling. 
because I said that. Because these are guys with literally, like, no body fat. You know, it was just fantastic. So that's what that photo is from. Me and the U.S. Olympic uh, speed skating team. It may look like I know them, but I don't. They were just kind enough to you know, take a photo with me. And uh, luckily I made it off the ice and not get arrested. And then I got home and told my wife. And she said, no way. And I showed her the photos. And she kind of was a little surprised. <laughs>